Animal Fire Radio. This episode's brought to you by Notorious Fire Company. Firefighter owned and operated Notorious Fire Company manufactures and creates quirky and unique items for the fire service. Whether it's your stainless steel water bottles, tumblers, four-in-one koozies, you can decorate your emotional support water bottle with more than 100 different designs they offer so very much. From apparel to swag to stickers, they got you covered. Check them out at NotoriousFire.com. That's N-O-T-O-R-I-O-U-S, NotoriousFire.com. And check them out on social media, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at NotoriousFire. And this month with the podcast, if you use coupon code Fire Radio June 2023, that is Fire Radio June 2023, you'll get free shipping on all orders within the U.S. So check them out, NotoriousFire.com. Lenny and the crew, they're making great stuff. And I have to tell you, with the summer upon us, the sticker packs are out of control. You got everything from Star Wars to pinups and everything in between. Slap them on your beer fridges, your coolers, and your tumblers and celebrate the summer in style with Notorious Fire. A good supporter and longtime friend. We're happy to have him on the podcast with us. Check him out, NotoriousFire.com and coupon code FIREADIO June 2023 for free shipping all across the U.S. Hey, what's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Size Up by National Fire Radio. It is your old pal who's not so old, regardless of what Ryan Pennington says about me on episode 23, Pip, here with another episode this week. And I am like beyond super stoked about this guest that I have this week. And it's funny because if you're, you already know who the guest is, I put it on the picture and I make it like this big thing where nobody knows when I talk about uh, him or her in this little opening. If you're watching on YouTube, you're staring at this guy. And if you don't know who he is, you, you need to start watching TV a little bit more or get on social media because he legit like broke my social media feed a few weeks back <laughs> his latest feat of amazingness. But this gentleman is a husband, a father, a firefighter, a para athlete. So that leads me into, I guess, an amputee, an author, a motivational speaker, a Texan. He's pretty much got it all going on, except a really cool haircut like I have. But uh, oh, other you like that? <laughs> See, I love it when they can't talk when I have to say something, and then they jump in anyway. Um, and and most notably, I guess, most recently, notably at least, uh, the first ever amputee to be a semifinalist on American Ninja Warrior, Gary Wyland. What is up, buddy? How are you? Yes, sir. Thank you so much. I'm doing great. Appreciate you having me on here, brother. Dude, man, you are like the story right now in my in in the social media circles, I guess that I see whatever the algorithm wants me to see, you know, your semifinal run was just out of control. I mean, you, you almost made the host fall out of the, the stand. Yeah, he uh, you know, there's actually a little bit more to that. Um, he actually did come out of the stand. So uh, we'll, we'll see if they show some of that in my next episode. But uh, yeah, he, he actually came down and gave me a big old hug when I when I cleared that log runner. He he was pretty excited, as you can see. <laughs> yeah, I mean, everybody was excited watching. I think my favorite video that you have on social media right now is watching you watch yourself at the watch party. 
and yeah. pumped up. You could see it in your body language, just how emotional that was for you. There was, you know, and, it, you know, we, of course, filmed it a couple months ago and, and I just haven't seen it yet. And so I, I knew that um, it had gone, it had gone pretty well, you know, for, especially for uh, TV purposes. And, uh, you know, I, I thought that they really had an opportunity to do something special with it. And I was just excited to see how, how it was going to turn out. So that was, that was my first time watching it too, man. Oh, you didn't even get like, so, so I have a little bit of TV-ness. I was in a commercial once and I got to see the final cut like the day before it aired officially. Yeah. So I knew what was coming. Um, but you had no idea how they cut that up, huh? Yeah, well, they had sent me a, a, a small clip, so I didn't, I didn't have the the full run. I didn't have the the announcers. I didn't have any of that. It's just a just a small clip for uh, social media. So I was I was pretty excited to see how the whole thing was going to come out. It's so cool too, because American Ninja Warrior is like part like uh, like amazing sport part the agony of defeat, part WWE kind of, part everything, part reality TV, right? And is, Yeah, these these are professional athletes, man, and, and you get one shot, you know? You, 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 that you sir. No, wait, not these. You, sir, are a professional <laughs> athlete. Because I did a little Ninja Warrior thing, too, once, little, very little, nothing like you. Please don't blow me up on the internet, and it was extremely hard. So you were a professional athlete. Go ahead. Oh, I appreciate it. Uh, but but yeah, it is a lot harder than uh, than what you might think. If you've never been to a ninja gym, I highly encourage you to go try it out sometime because uh, it's it's definitely harder than it looks. It, it For me, at least I know we, we did some practice runs and I did some training and there were some some ninjas there. Actually, uh, Daniel Gill, who was on your episode, I believe he was there uh, when I yeah. did my backyard ninja thing. Yeah. It was like a cops versus fireman challenge. And there were like 75 people there cheering us on. Right. Practice. Everything went really good. And then the pressure hit of people are watching me. I have to right. do these obstacles and, and that salmon ladder, my... I knew how to do it, but I keep telling people, and I don't think many people even understand me, my brain couldn't tell my body how to do the move that I knew I had to do. And it was, it right? was to go up like three rungs on that, right? So that's got to be a huge part of Ninja, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. 90% uh, of the battle is mental. Just trusting your body to do what it needs to do and, and landing where it needs to land. And, uh, you know, to be honest, the, the older... The older I get, uh, it makes it even harder, you know, because I got to go to work tomorrow. So if I miss that, you know, so that's always in the back of my mind. And uh, yeah, you know, the, the competition is is way different than than practice. You know, I go and train for, you know, an hour, hour and a half, uh, you know, and, and get to the competition. And I've got about two minutes and I'm exhausted, you know, so uh, it's definitely a, a lot different competing than, than just training. And I mean, like, you know, you're not old, like I'm not old, the same thing, but you're competing against high schoolers, essentially. There were a couple of high school kids this season, right? I think I saw. Yeah, 25, 26 years older than these, than these <laughs> kids, you know, and so that's all right, you know. Bring it on, baby. Bring it on. It's it, man. And that's what your whole life is about, right? Adapt and overcome. And I think that is, I mean, we're not even talking about like like your, your, your one you know, I don't want to say call it your claim to fame, but you know, you're 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 an amputee, and you you started adapt and overcome, and and you have challenges and you're overcoming them. That's like the extra challenge compared to age, career, dad, like. 
right? I am involved in a couple of things that are extra. Yes, you're right. So. <laughs> a, a, a little bit extra there and then still performing on the stage and being able to, again, get your body to do what your mind needs it to do is such a big thing in, in everything in life, but in that ninja. And, and I wasn't falling very far. You're falling probably 15 feet into the water or so, right? Yeah. Yep. And so, yeah, it is water, but still there's that factor of falling for 15 feet. <laughs> Which isn't fun if anybody's ever jumped off a cliff or done a high dive. You know, it takes, I know I did a Tough Mudder many moons ago and my best picture from that Tough Mudder my wife got, and it was like the jump, whatever that was, 15, 20 right. feet, I'm like halfway through it. And I can remember in my head just being so scared. <laughs> right and but that's your and that's you anticipating jumping like yeah. when, when we fall we're not anticipating falling like we're either exhausted or we're in the middle of a move and all of a sudden we're falling and it's like oh crap what am i doing and, and then you hit the water it's like it's so it's it's a little bit different mentally knowing that you're jumping into the water whereas you're just falling into the water you know what i mean <laughs> You're just the next thing you know, you're soaking wet. And, and that's one of the things too, that, you know, you, you kind of fell, you, you, you made the TV drama really real here because you had the same obstacle, which right. you know, I'm sure was kind of maybe, you know, someone was like, we know what we're making Gary run on this season, but you know, that runner. So, uh, you know, when the producers had called me this year and they said, Hey, we want you back. Um, I gave him a little pushback, you know, I said, you know, you had me on last year for the first year and I was the only amputee and, you know, out of the six obstacles, five of them were leg obstacles. So, you know, what's going on this year? I mean, <laughs> should, should I come back or what? And they're like, man, we have been talking for a year about that. And, and they're like, we are, we are not going to hit you with five leg obstacles. So please come on the show. And I was like, all right, all right. I'll give this thing a, a try and see, see how it goes. No, but we're gonna hit you with the one you fell on. Yeah, right. Uh, I think I think that was a little bit on purpose. <laughs> it made for the it did make for the drama again. That is Ninja Warrior, though, right? And it made for your adapt and overcome. I mean, that that's it, man. You were man, having... last year when I got hung up on the log runner and I was planking for two minutes. It felt like two hours, you know. Uh, and I, and I fought and fought and fought and ended up, of course, falling in the water. And I was so frustrated. You know, I'm very competitive. I wanted that buzzer. Uh, but then after that, you know, because I speak all over the country about overcoming obstacles and challenges, um, I realized that it was for the best because it, it showcased, like it really showed what my character is, who I am. I don't just say adapt and overcome. Like I showed you what I was doing. I was fighting till my very last breath, you know? And so it actually kind of uh, worked out, you know, in that regard. And then this year uh, when I showed up that night and uh, you know, I saw that log runner and I was like, really? Uh, there was a part of me that was like, dang it, you know, because it is, it is so hard uh, for me to do that. But then there was a, a bigger part of me that was like, you know what, I was expecting this. Uh, and I am going to beat this thing this year. And, uh, you know, you saw it. <laughs> I didn't get through it, you know, the traditional way, Unscathed. Unscathed. Uh, you know, <laughs> maybe I'm starting a new tradition for the way I'm going to, I'm going <laughs> to beat it. I don't know. I hope not. Uh, but 
you know, I, again, I found myself just hanging on for dear life. And, and that's how life is, right? Sometimes we're just hanging on, you know, by the skin of our teeth. And that, that's where it found me. And of course, I was really frustrated. I'm sure you saw it in my face, but I was, I was mad. I was like, dang it, how did I end up here? And, uh, but then I decided, no, this is not going to beat me again. I am getting through this thing. And, and I had my coaches down there, you know, screaming and hollering at me. And, uh, you know, I did say a little prayer and I just sent it, you know, I just went for it. I get, I, I had zero doubt in my mind that I was going to get through that. And I think that's what carried me through. That's what's anything in life, right? It's that confidence is to know, Hey, I am going to do this and no doubt, no fear. And you just go for it. And, and it worked out for me, you know, it made, it made, it actually, you know, made for great TV, you know, it made great for entertainment, drama purposes. Uh, but that is what actually got me, you know, to the runoff at the end of the episode. So had I fallen on that, I would have never made it to the runoff, uh, you know, and, and so they took 12 of the 30 to, uh, to the semifinals, but this year they added that little, yeah, you know, just a little bit of different uh, aspect there where they're like, okay, the number 12 and the number 13 are going to race for that number 12 spot. Well, I found out I was already the number 12 spot. So I was like, seriously? Like, I made it. I made it to the semis. And now you're saying, no, you still got to earn it. You still got to fight. You still got to battle this this 26-year-old guy who's, who's in the Army. You know, I'm just like, Really? Oh my gosh, what do I have to do to prove that I belong here? And uh, and so, of course, I went through all this whole mental game. I was like, dang it, you know, I can't believe this happened. And I'm like, nope, no, I'm doing it. I don't care what they throw at me. I don't care if they make me run this course with a 45-pound pack on my back. Like, I am going to beat this guy. And, uh, you know, and you saw it was a race. And, and of course, I can't really... You know, during that race, he he was running and doing that yeah. and going fast, and I just, you know, that I don't first, have that the ankle, first obstacle, so the first obstacle, yeah. was really hard for you being an amputee. Yeah. Like you couldn't do it like 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 uh, like someone with two legs would. For I, I don't want to insult you in any way, shape, or form, but right. like it was just one of those obstacles that you had to take a little slower. Um, yeah, and it's it's those steps are a lot farther apart than they look on TV. You know, like they're just going pop 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 pop, and I'm like. Uh, that ain't happening. There's no popping for me to get back this. No, no. And so my goal was to, uh, to go slow at the beginning and catch up to him later, uh, and hope that, you know, he doesn't get a buzzer and I do get a buzzer. So I just wanted to get farther than him because, you know, these guys, uh, not necessarily him, but like the, the people I compete against, like they travel all year long. They compete with American Ninja Warrior all over the world. Like that's their job. And yet they don't get buzzers. You know what I mean? Like it is yeah. so hard to get a buzzer. And so I was like, I'm going to get it. You know, I, I'm just hoping he doesn't, but I'm going to get through this. I'm going to get that buzzer and go farther than him. And and then I got to that second obstacle and and I was about to go and I saw him fall. And that's why I was like, whoa, whoa, what just happened? What just happened here? I I have a chance. I have a chance here. Take my time and get through this obstacle, man. And uh, it's so crazy too the way you you describe that moment because my sons and I were watching it, and so the guy falls, and they're like, "Yeah!" And I'm like, "Dude, he didn't win yet." I was like, "Think." And as we're watching you prepare up, and especially more for my older son Finn, I'm like, "Is this worse? 
Like, would you rather be chasing someone or do you know in your head now, all I got to do is go to there right. and I got it. So how, how did that process go? Cause that's a whole different type of mental process. Yeah. So, you know, last year, uh, my whole, you know, reason for being on the show, I wanted to show people that, you know, yes, I, I, I look a little bit different. I might have a little disadvantage here, but I'm still going to fight for my best life. And, and you can too, no matter what your challenge, no matter what you're facing, you can fight, you can get through it. And I wanted to show people that, you know, on the show. And so, so my mindset was all about enjoying the moment, enjoying the journey and just kind of be an example for people. And this year, I wanted to do that, but I was laser focused this year. I wanted to get that buzzer. I wanted to win. I was competing. Uh, and so, you know, something kind of changes in my mind whenever I go to a competition. Uh, I, 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 I kind of focus. I can zero in and, and do what has to be done, no matter what that is, uh, to win. And, uh, and that's, that's what I did. As soon as I hit that second one and I was about to go, I was, you know, I could see him in the corner of my eye and, and then I saw him, I saw a splash down. And so then I was like, okay, this is it. Focus, get through this one obstacle, take it one at a time. I have to get all the way through it because he got to the obstacle first. So just because like, he didn't make it to the second part of the obstacle. So even if I would have made it to the second part or the third part, uh, if I would have oh, fallen, you had to finish he still would have won. Okay. Yeah. I had to get to the platform at the end of the obstacle in order in order to move on, in order to beat him. So I knew that and I thought, okay, one at a time, take a few extra swings, whatever it takes to just clear this obstacle. And uh, and as you could see, I was pretty excited when I when I hit that just, platform. Just a little there. bit, huh? <laughs> and, and rightfully so, because that was your goal, right? And now you're back in it again whenever you're you're heading back to film those semifinals like to yep. to get another run again so i mean it's obviously just training on top of training at this point more than likely right oh yeah oh yeah back to la end of july uh, and see uh see what happens see who i get to face and see who's facing me and uh because <laughs> that's it too. win this like, thing who's bringing like who you're up against that night because your time eventually your time does count and how far you get so that's another big part of it all too in the American Ninja Warrior, like, uh, competition end, right? Right. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, they, this year they kind of did it a little bit different, like, um, the NCAA, you know, March Madness, any type of tournament where it's like the top seed versus the lowest seed. So, um, I'll be going against, uh, number one seed since I was the number 12 seed. So, uh, that's how I do things. Take him or her down, big. whoever it is. Just take <laughs> them out. It's all that matters. Look, it, right. it's like you said before though, right? It's one step at a time. It's one Absolutely. obstacle at a time. And I mean, dude, just being in the game is, is a win in my book. So, yeah, you know, it, it really is to, to make history like this is, is mind blowing to me. I'm just grateful to be in this opportunity. You know what I mean? And, and just spread this message of, of, of hope and, and, and faith and perseverance and grit and determination, you know, and just, just get after it, you know, don't let nothing stop you. And, and I truly live my my mantra of adapt and overcome it's not something i just talk about it's it's what i do it's who i am you know i, I can only imagine like your email account and your messages and your comments and like how much juice that gives you to just keep wanting to to, to go forward it is it's really cool i've been on uh a, a few different podcasts now some tv appearances radio uh 
My apparel website is, is blowing up. People all over the country and Canada are logging on and, and finding my website and, and buying the A&O apparel. And I, I don't know what I would what I'd do someday if I ever just, I'm walking down the street and someone is literally wearing just the, all yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's crazy, man. Just to think about that. It's gonna happen. I a hundred percent guarantee it because I've done some stuff with with the not for profit and seen people and like and I'm like, guys wearing my t-shirt. I was afraid the first time I saw someone, not at a firefighter event, not at a fitness yeah. event, like just out in random wearing a five 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 shirt. Cool. I was afraid to go up to them. Right. And it was like, you have to go up to them. They're going to know who you are. And I'm like, I know, but I'm afraid. Like, right. I'm just afraid. <laughs> but for you, it's going to be such an amazing, and, and for them too, is going to be such an amazing experience um, for sure, because that's you. And like you said, you're living it. And it's crazy. We've got on 20 minutes here almost. And we've just talked about your, your recentness. I, I had a whole plan. I always have a plan. They never go the way yeah. I planned them to, but Prior to, you know, becoming a firefighter, were you always an athlete? Were you always, you know, this guy or did it just? Yeah, happen? right. So, you know, I was a late bloomer. I actually graduated high school. I was 5'5 five, five, and I weighed 110 pounds. I feel you, so, man. I feel you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, you know, I, you know, so my brother, he was 6'2 and weighed 230. So. <laughs> older or younger? Five brother. years older. Okay. Uh, so I grew up just wanting to beat him at everything and you know I couldn't beat him at anything you know if if I did ever get an edge on him and then he would just grab me and and sit on me basically <laughs> you know and uh so that whole time you know I'm just I'm jumping 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 honestly and just trying to be as big and tall as him and on and that's where I kind of developed some some springs in my legs if you will because uh, by the time I, I did graduate high school, I was grabbing the rim at five five, and then after high school, I grew five more inches and mm. gained about forty pounds. And then now I'm dunking it. You know what I mean? But I missed all those opportunities in high school to to play sports. Uh, I went to a big six A school, graduating class of five hundred kids, and so they kind of had their pick of the litter, you know. Uh, but since then, I still stay very active with, I work out all the time, you know, in my early 20s and play basketball in the league and softball. And so I, I, I was very active, very athletic, um, you know, and then started having kids and, and I just try to keep up with them, you know. That's the hard part. Trust me. And, and I, I didn't have that growth spurt after high school. People told me it could still happen. It just never came. I just, I yeah, just yeah. Five, five, two for life is where I, I was for <laughs> that one, but I could grab the net. I was always impressed that I could go, there you go. on a, a basketball. Nice. But uh, yeah, the growth spurt never happened for me. Now, what led you to the fire service? Was it something you always wanted to do or just, you know, I took uh, no, I never, you know, being, being kind of a smaller guy, I never like saw myself in that position. You know, I never saw myself as a fireman or, police or military uh but once i got out of school and started having a family and i actually went into the retail world for for a long time uh it's good money uh but a lot of hours and uh when i was when i was 31 uh my wife brought my kids in to work uh to see me because i'm i was always working and uh my my oldest son you know he he was about eight at the time and he says uh, man when i when i grow up dad i want to work here with you and I thought, oh my gosh, what am I doing with my life? You know, uh, 
so I had some soul searching, some some uh, self reflection there. It's like, okay, um, I, I've been given some some gifts. I've been given, you know, some athleticism. You know, halfway intelligent guy. I was like, okay, I, I'm kind of wasting those gifts a little bit on this retail. And uh, not that retail is not important, you know, but I just felt like there was something more for me personally. And so that's when I. I kind of went back to the drawing board and talked to my wife and I was like there's something more there's something more for me out there I, I need to do something I feel like I need to serve my community support my family use this my physicality and my intelligence I need to do something with it and so uh, that's when I looked back into the military uh, and it just, just didn't seem right and I looked into being a police officer and didn't seem right and then you know I saw a fire truck drive by one day and I thought what I mean, obviously firefighters fight fire, but like, what else do they do really? And so I, I started researching, I was like, wow, they're all EMTs. They fight all kinds of different fires. Um, they use their brain, they, they work out, they stay in shape. That is what I need to do. That is my calling in life. And it's all about timing, right? Like when I was in my early twenties, it never would have kind of worked out, but now my life was kind of established where I needed to be physically and mentally and, uh, that's what I did. I told my wife, you know, this, this feels right. And uh, I'm going to quit my job and put myself through fire academy and ENT school. And, and we're going to be poor for a couple of years until I get on somewhere, but this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. And, uh, you know, she's always been super supportive of me and my dreams. And uh, that's what I did. It's so great too, to hear that story because there's so many folks out there like you, I feel like, you know, I've been, I was, fortunate and got hired at, at 25. Um, but I was right. taking tests from, you know, my dad was a firefighter, so second generation. Um, but I took tests from 18 to 25. And it took me that long to, to get hired. Yeah. Um, and what I feel like I'm seeing now on, on the towards the end of my career here um, is more folks with your story starting out a little later in life, you know, in their their early 30s in New Jersey, uh, you have to be you can't be older than 35. Um, unless yeah. you have some military time or something like that. But yeah. we're, I feel like our, our this rookie, I don't really, I can't say for this rookie class that's currently in, but I know the last one, I think the youngest guy was 26. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, so we're, we're right in there with, with this yeah, yeah. kind of a group, people with kids that are doing the same thing, saying like, look, I'm going to take this big pay cut because I know that this oh, job yeah. is going to both pay me well and fulfill me for the next 25 years, kind of like your story. Yeah, absolutely. It was a... Uh... It was a major pay cut for me. Like I said, retail world, I was getting paid pretty well and becoming a firefighter, you know, was almost cut in half. And so um, that wasn't why I did it though. You know, I just felt like it's, this is my calling. You know, I need to serve others. I need to use these gifts and abilities I've been given and everything will work out. It's so amazing too, when hearing you say that, because it's something that I tend to forget too, is the, the serving others part that got me into this, but I tend <laughs> to forget it because there's so many other cool aspects of the job, like getting oh, to yeah. go into fires, getting to help people, obviously, but like getting to run saws and drive fast right. and like the adrenaline end of it that I feel like correlates into the ninja world too. And that, that pressure that we talk about in our heads you know, trying to figure out that next scenario one step at a time. Yeah, and and being being calm amongst the chaos, right? Like um, getting our heart rates down. Actually, what's kind of crazy is uh, I've been doing it for twelve years now, and uh, fighting fire, and uh, you know, we've trained ourselves so much to be calm, right? This is not our emergency. We need to move with a purpose, but it's not our emergency. We need to breathe and just go to work, and. Uh, 
you know, right before I, I do my competitions, my ninja competitions, I enter this whole breathing concept and I actually, my heart rate drops so low that I almost fall asleep. I don't know. It's like too much training. <laughs> Like, hey, I got to get hyped up here. Come on. <laughs> I got to go do this now. Yeah, it, it, it's right. one of those things you don't even realize you're doing as a, 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 an, any emergency service provider, too, that you are calm within the chaos. And it's funny because I started wearing, you know, like this technology got better and I'm holding up for those listening. I'm showing up my Apple Watch now, but you're able to track your heart rate. And I started wearing it, whatever one, it wasn't the Apple Watch, another one and legit had a grab at like 4 a.m. And you see my heart rate like resting to like, I don't know, whatever it is, 50 something sleeping and right. then spiking for the call and then <laughs> literally spiking for the rescue, but then coming yeah. right back down as we continued to go to work because we the grab was really quick and right. was like, oh, we gotta go back in and search the rest of the house now. Right. But you see that about your heart rate and it's something that I consider myself fortunate being involved with 555 to have really thought about more. Um, and some folks don't even think about that, that end of what we're doing, but I feel we're doing a better job in the fire service than we were when I started for sure. Oh yeah. I think training has come a long way. We all, everyone is, is all in these days. It's, it's awesome. We have an, an unbelievable training division uh, in Denton. It's it's really fortunate too. So so Gary and I have an amazing connection in uh, one of my partners with five 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 CJ, and she too is a shorter statured firefighter. So her and I have a very special bond together as yeah. we, uh, <laughs> short out there. But you know I, I've been with her so many times and training so hard with her. And again, it's all about that mental game. That when we're in the gym, we're comparing it to what we're doing on the fire ground. Very cool. Very cool, man it's just one of those amazing things that I never thought I would get back from this, right? Like in the fire service, right. when you started, you probably never thought you'd get this part back. No, no, you, we've become way stronger than we ever thought we possibly could, you know, mentally, especially. Yeah, because of just, and what we're learning too about it, you know, about the things that affect us, our sleep, what we see, how we eat, how we behave, um, what we should be doing on and off the job. Yeah, I mean, as long as we can, you know, have some self-awareness, step back sometimes and say, okay, what is going on right now? How am I doing? How am I acting? How am I treating others? What's changed? You know, what do I need to change? What, you know, a lot of self-awareness, self-reflection, you know, we, we do that, then we're going to be all right. Hardest thing ever, self-reflection. Yeah. Right. And I don't think it has just for, for firefighters or emergency service providers. It's everyone as a whole. You know, how are you treating your spouse? How are you treating your kids? How are you behaving with folks that you're around? Right. Am I just, you know, going off the handle right now? And if I am, why? You know, what's going on? You know, there's something else that's that's lingering around I need to address. Right. And most of it, most of the time it comes down to communication. You know, we, we have a tendency to kind of bottle some of this stuff up and we just need to talk about it. You know, it's pretty simple. Just got just to communicate. Are, are you saying that males in our society don't communicate well by chance? <laughs> like, I there, there's some areas of improvement there, I think. <laughs> you say it so much nicer than I do. Being from New Jersey, <laughs> just like we don't effing communicate with each other well. <laughs> we need to do better. Um, yeah. But I do, again, I do feel we're coming along with that, you know, as we're, we're learning these different things and the importance of it. And that's kind of what I'm geared towards with the size up here is trying to get people to communicate more and understand that this helps me. 
this is part of my like catharsis catharsism that's the word i don't really know firemen like you said not overly bright just kind of bright right. i mean we're running into burning buildings we can't be like super smart right, right exactly <laughs> totally exactly like people that's when people ask me that they're like i could totally do your job except for the running into the burning building part yeah. and i'm like no that's actually the easier the part, part you, of i know job. right we don't even think about it. people are like why how are you so courageous and brave and i'm just like i guess i never really thought about it like that like i just go in and go to work, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, you don't really, really think, right? It, it's, it's one of those things that totally doesn't cross my mind. Obviously, there is a fear aspect and you're we're taking in all that information, but I think you said it best before. It's taking in all that information, processing it, making the decision and going. And also a part that I'm learning now as, as I'm a captain and, and doing more leadership roles is then having to say, oh, no, wait, that was the bad move. Let's pull back a little bit here. Right. Um, young That's not guy, always easy. It is right. Bad. And young yeah. firefighters don't think that way at all. It's the officer's job to say, yeah, we're going to pull back. We may argue a little bit about this, but we're still doing right. what I said. Yeah. Um, and this is why. But that comes into that ever learning part. And I think that's something cool too, jumping back to the Ninja Warrior and they keep changing the obstacles on you. Yeah, right? Those guys, <laughs> unbelievable. Like, and just like, when I get used to something, they go and change it on me. And they don't make it any easier. They make them super hard. They're all wobbly. They're all on springs or strings. And just, it is absolutely insane. You can't even train for that stuff. You know, you, you focus then on your core and technique because you don't know what they're going to throw at you. The poor tall guy on the one episode on the springy, like, uh, it, 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 they grabbed the yeah. ball, but it was on like a Jody. A, yeah. His feet right? almost hit the water. Yeah. yeah. Just for being tall, his feet almost yep. hit the water. Now there's right. a secret short guy thing that I'm like, ha ha, you deserve yeah. it. <laughs> right. Yeah. He's got some other, other obstacles work, you know, to his advantage where he can just kind of reach. But on that one was his disadvantage, you know? So every obstacle, I mean, you have to be thinking, you can't just go, barreling through it you know because you, you never know what they're going to throw at you even the one too this this year maybe it was last season or new new this season with the box where you had to match the shapes right like and one side was standing you yeah. know right that's like crazy that is like worse than trying to figure out i'm in this room it's on fire what am i going to do now like to, for me to right? think about the process all that is just such a, a whole different ball game yeah that's cool. I mean, we, we train until we can't get it wrong, right? And then yeah. that way we, we try and get a, go through every possible scenario that we can think of. You know, we can't train for everything, but, you know, you got the basics. You know how to, how to hang on and how to spray water, you know? And so you do that stuff and, and you, you get, through out of, get you out of most situations. Yeah, spraying the water definitely helps. I keep trying to yeah. explain that to people. I had, I had a job with a rookie and uh, he was up a couple stairs from me and the door burnt out. Uh, just in, into the one fire room we were going into. And he's kind of like, he wasn't standing, but he was taller. So he was kind of in a crouch. And I'm like, hey, buddy, your head's on fire. You may want to open that <laughs> nozzle. Like he's holding the nozzle while the flames are blowing out at him. And I'm sure, like, right? if I had the camera on my helmet, it would have been an amazing <laughs> video because it just it was just that cool to look at in a way. But I'm like, yo, your helmet is on fire. Open yeah, the like, Just like the old Home Alone where he walks in the door. And, yeah, the, and the torch. His head. <laughs> That was it, except he's standing there holding a nozzle with a boatloads of water. Just open open the nozzle, man. You'll be fine. But that's that end of it, too, where he was newer on the job and just wasn't in that processing phase. Yeah. Yet. 
it just doesn't click yet. You know, even though you've been through Fire Academy, you know what to do, you've trained for it, but to, until you're in that situation, it doesn't always fall into place yet. You know, that's why, that's why it's important to just keep training, you know? Yep. Just keep learning, keep training the, the same as you're doing for the Ninja Warrior. So, so you were on the job and it's, we're, again, 34 minutes and we're going to tell the story now here. Right. Did you always have a knee injury? Did you injure your knee? How did the partial kind of come into play? Yeah. So, you know, like I said, I was always jumping as a kid. I wanted to jump to, to, you know, block my older brother in basketball. Basketball is my, my first love and, uh, um, you know, wear and tear of years and years of jumping and pounding on this knee uh, finally got me, uh, you know, and so I had to go in and, and uh, get something done about it. And uh, the, the partial knee replacement was pretty much uh, my, my best option in that. And, uh, you know, it, it had it had gone well, and then uh, and then it started to have some some issues, some swelling, uh, some minor complications. Uh, you know, in 2016, and then um, you know it resolved itself, no big deal. And then two years later, 2018, uh, running down the football field uh, with my friends and family, and uh, you know that swelling came back on me, and so it was uh, it was pretty pretty rough day for me, man, to be honest. I would, I can, I can totally imagine that when your choice was, did, was, what were the options kind of, so my wife, just full disclosure, again, my wife just had a full knee replacement, uh, at 40 something years old, uh, let's yeah. say, cause she had past knee surgeries that it was just time. Um, yeah. so was the option to do another partial was it to do a full how did you kind of come to your decision because I think that's a big part of your story too is that day of deciding yeah so uh the, the decision wasn't really um I mean I, I guess it was up to me but at the same time I had uh like it, it had failed and uh my popliteal artery had been severed and so um the swelling was was basically um like blood and fluid and um you know i unfortunately had to take myself uh, to the hospital uh well i didn't take myself but my friend did and uh you know the pain was absolutely excruciating um my knee ended up swelling up to the size of a bowling ball right before my eyes i lost feeling to my foot um so it was it was horrible. Um, I, I remember rolling into the hospital, um, and that's about it. Um, and so they end up wheeling me back to the uh, operating room, like right away, because they couldn't feel a pulse in my foot. And they're like, "We need to go and 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 uh, you know fix this issue." Well, popliteal artery is pretty pretty important. You need that one. Uh, artery yeah in your leg and so if, if it's sliced and diced and uh you know unrepairable basically is what had happened they they'd spent um you know 13 hours trying to do bypasses and everything they could uh because they they knew me you know this is the hospital that i bring my patients to and so Absolutely. these doctors and nurses they got to know me over the years. They know that I'm a very active person. They know my family. They know uh, who I am. And so they threw everything at me. They're like, no, we have to save this guy's leg because if we don't restore that blood flow, we're going to have to amputate. Uh, and so it was, uh, it was pretty wild. 
you know, I, I of course was on some pretty heavy pain medications, so I don't, I don't remember a, a whole lot, but I guess, uh, you know, my wife tells me that, you know, being, being a little bit stubborn, I would have her kind of push on my foot, like, no, we have to restore this blood flow. And, uh, you know, th that was not going to happen. And so, um, two days later is when the decision was made to amputate my leg, uh, just below my knee. So it was, uh, man, it was, it was pretty, you know, obviously it was like the worst day of my, of my life, you know, at the time, you know, and of what I, you know, the way I saw the world at the time, for sure, you know, being a, being a firefighter, uh, you know, how in the world was I going to provide for my family? You know, I don't, there's no way I could be a firefighter on one leg, you know, what, what does an amputee look like? I didn't even know where the amputees, you know what I mean? Like, uh, it, it was just, so many questions was going through my mind afterwards and and you know I was scared I was anxious I you know it was what how do I provide for my family you know they all like to eat they all like to live under a roof you know and all these things cost money and and yet here I am laid up in a hospital bed with one leg man it was it was pretty rough it's so amazing too, again, and I'm just going to keep saying adapt and overcome, right? Because that's what you've done. But in all of this that you're telling me, you're telling me you were worried about how you were going to do for others. Yeah, right? you know. How am I going to provide for my family? How am I going to go to my career? How am I going to keep being Gary? How am I going to, it's all for others, you know, and, and that mantra is what's gotten you to where you are today, for sure. Absolutely. You know, uh, I think that's what's carried me. That's what that's what carries all of us. I think is when we're we're serving others. You know, that's that's very addictive. It it feels good. You want more of that feeling uh, when you're helping others. And and I made a decision pretty early on um, because of my kids. Honestly, you know, they I, I don't remember much from the hospital, but I do I do vividly remember all four of them like standing over me looking at me like I am the most pathetic thing that they have ever seen in their life. And they have never looked at me like that before. And, you know, I, I it crushed me. It crushed me. And so uh, I, I pretty much vowed right then and there, it, there was, it did take a little bit of time to, for this to kind of sink of in, but I pretty much decided that they would never look at me like that again. And I was going to do whatever it took to get back to fighting fire on one leg. I didn't care what it was gonna take. I was gonna be the very first amputee firefighter in the world. And and once I made that decision, man, that was that was it. There was no going back. There was no plan B. Like these kids will not look at me like that again. I'm gonna show them, you know, what I'm made of here. I'm fairly certain I've seen that picture too. And and I can I can attest to I, it wasn't what I was thinking, but now that you've said it and I think of that picture, I can understand being a dad, how you must have felt there and that drive to just go, right? That that drive is unreal. Yeah. The uh and so many, so many things, you know, that was going through my mind, uh, you know, talking to my wife and and uh, you know, spirituality and and things where I was like always telling my kids growing up that everything happens for a reason, you know? And so now I'm kicking myself for telling them that, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> no, you know, it, it, uh, 
you know, it, it gave me an opportunity, um, Pip. It really gave me an opportunity to walk the walk and not just talk the talk. And so who, who am I to, to go against what I've been telling my kids for all these years, you know, like, okay, this happened for a reason. I don't know why. It seems awful. <laughs> totally. <laughs> but awful. something something good is going to come of this and and I'm going to help other people go through this. And and I'm still fresh. Like I'm still going through. It. I haven't even gone through it, you know, but I feel like okay, okay, I really do believe that things happen for a reason and so I'm going to to prove. I'm going to show them, yes, there there is a reason something good is going to come out of this. And once once I had that mind shift, once I started thinking positively instead of negatively, because there were a lot of dark days, man, like super dark days. Um, and what I noticed was that when I was having a really bad day and most of it tied to my pain level, um, my kids were having a bad day. The mood in the house was very negative. Um, and I started to notice that if the pain level was better and I was having a better day or a good day, the mood in the house was positive and energetic and it was my kids again, right? And so I started kind of putting two to two together and realized that my attitude, my perspective of this whole situation, you know, absolutely determines how they're going to respond, how they're going to act and what their attitude and perspective is. And so I decided, and it's important to, to understand that, that it is 100% your decision of how you respond to things because we all face adversity, right? But how you respond to that adversity determines your character. And I decided that I was not going to let this beat me. And I was going to turn this thing into something positive. Uh, and so once that, that mindset started going, I started having more positive thoughts. And, uh, and I remember this, this one day, um, I was feeling a little sorry for myself, of course. And, and, I, and it just, it was like a fleeting thought, but it was, you know, why did this happen to me? Um, but it had changed and it wasn't, why did this happen to me? It was, why did this happen for me? And, and that really kind of blew my mind, you know, I thought, I'm, as it's blowing my mind while I'm thinking about it. <laughs> right. Like how could my leg, I'm a firefighter. How could my leg being amputated be something that is good for me? Um, I realize it's not just for me. It's bigger than me. This is for other people. I've, I've had the right attitude, the right perspective since, since all this has happened. And now I've been able to help um, a lot of people uh, go through some pretty tough times in their lives, uh, not just amputees, but others who have lost things and going through some, some difficult times, cancer and things like that, um, to be able to, to think differently and, and more positive and and uh, still live a still live a good life, and so um, it is. It has changed my world to think. Okay, why did this happen for me? That, but that's really I mean, hard. It is hard. And every day it's hard, right? Every day is that adapt and overcome challenge. And and you did that right there with that. No one. I don't know about you. When I became a dad, no one told me my children were going to model my behavior, whether it be good, bad, or indifferent. I, and I love my dad to death. He's going to come on this podcast with me one day and tell everyone embarrassing stories about me. But there was no, like, he never taught me, like, hey, son, your kids are going to model what you do just like you did what I did. Like, that's not in a book, right? Or maybe. Right. I <laughs> yeah, you learned that 
unfortunately you learn that one way or another right yeah, right and, and and your situation was an extreme situation of that but even for your kids and i'm going to be totally remiss too and i'm going i'm jumping back a little bit but your wife is like wife of the millennia i'm going to oh, go yeah. on this end of things oh my gosh yeah i can uh yeah i love her to death i i don't know what i would possibly do without her or what i would have done without her and her love and support uh, she is a rock star. She is literally 99% of everything that I'm doing is because of her. And, and it's so amazing too, because she was part of these decisions with you, I'm sure, and probably had to make some without you in that uh, pain hill fog that you might've been in. Yeah. And it's something that, you know, we don't necessarily always talk to about our spouses. And my wife happens to work in palliative care. And we talk about this a lot and it's something that we want to start talking about together, you know, and, and looking at you, your wife and yours relationship, it just has to be so rock solid to be through this. You know, it, it really is. It truly is. She is, is literally my, my better half and she is 99% of that half. You know, I'm just along for the ride, but she is super strong in all areas of her life and our lives. She takes care of all of our kids. She, we have, they are so involved in everything and she keeps track of all of it. Uh, and she's also a teacher and a coach and she, I don't know how she does it or why she's with this guy, but Hey, I, I count my blessings every day, brother. That is the best too, because, you know, having that and, and to go back to our jobs, you know, this didn't even happen at work. You know, there's so many of these things that could happen to us at work that some people aren't prepared for. You know what no. I mean? And and not that you were prepared for this. You know, you had had a surgery and so many people do. And then all of a sudden you were thrust into this life and having someone with you for that road and helping you make those decisions, again, possibly making them for you. Um, yeah. And the right ones at that time is very stressful. Yeah, the support system is huge. You know, my fam, my wife, my kids, my extended family, uh, my fire family, church family, community. I get it. We are all in this thing together, you know, so that is super important. If you're going through something, find your tribe. You know, if you don't already have one, find some support system, go to counseling, find, find your people, the ones that are going to support you and help you and encourage you. Uh, to reach your goals because there, there's nothing you can't accomplish if you if you just put your mind to it you know I I say this all the time but you can literally make the impossible possible uh, I am living proof of that you know what I mean uh, but we can't do it alone it, it takes a tribe it takes a huge support system it, it does and, and you snuck a little word in there too about counseling because that's something that, again, as males and in our profession, we haven't really ever ran to, let's say. And again, yeah. knowing from my wife in, in palliative care, um, you know, it's something that she takes care of folks that, that have amp sudden amputations or traumatic injuries in trying to manage their pain. And one of their big suggestions with their social worker is to speak to a counselor. Yeah. Um, because your life is going to change after this. There's just no, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Yeah, I mean, it only makes sense. Like, um, you can't do anything without your mind, right? Your mind controls everything. So that should be the very first thing that we fix, that we heal, that we make sure is in top-notch shape all the time. You know what I mean? So do whatever you have to do or need to do to, to make sure that, that you're right up here, you know, and everything else kind of falls into place after that. 
it's so not pretty though, your mind, you know, like it's not like muscles on your arms that everyone can see that you want to work on, you know, no one gets to see the inside of it uh, and, and to see it look pretty, but you're 100% right again, you know, and I know just for me in my own life, you know, having gone to counseling for different things, you're, you don't even realize how effed up you could be. <laughs> Right, on the inside. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Until some stranger sitting on a chair across from you kind of says something and they don't, you know, I don't want people to be afraid of going to speak to a counselor in any way, shape or form, because yes, it is scary, but they mostly just listen and you right. talk. And the next thing you know, you're like, oh, I said a lot there. <laughs> right. But I feel better. I have a direction. I, okay. A little self-awareness, you know, it's self-care. It's, yeah, it's, 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 it's good. It's a, it's a huge part of self-care. Like for me, it is, it's a huge part of my life still. And I'm so happy my wife and I went on that journey together, you know, just like you're going on with your wife and, and your kids. Cause I'm sure they're along for this ride. They got no choice. Right. Oh my gosh. They're, they're thriving, man. They, and you know, if I would have chose to go down a different path, um, I, I feel like they would have chose to go down different paths as, as well. And so um, we, we are that role model, whether we, whether we like it or not, you know, as fathers, as parents. Um, so, so choose wisely. Right. And it's so easy in, in the fire service to compare things to movies. Cause that's what we do. And like, I just keep thinking of Forrest Gump and Lieutenant Dan in a totally different situation in a totally different time, but eventually Lieutenant Dan comes around to, you know, his positives in life through the help of, of Forrest there. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny, uh, you mentioned Lieutenant Dan, uh, Gary Sinise is his name, and, um, you know, I, I've managed, you know, I did the Ninja Warrior, and I do other stuff, too, and, and one of them is I do pair of bobsled for, for USA, and I've been to Norway a couple times, and uh, fortunate enough to actually won the U.S. National Championship back in March, uh, and Gary Sinise, his foundation, um, sponsors our team now. And so it, it's, it's really, I hope to meet him someday because so awesome. uh, the whole Lieutenant Dan thing, I feel yep. like there's a little connection there. Lieutenant Dan, <laughs> Lieutenant Dan band, I believe is his band and he right. the help of his yeah. foundation. So, yeah. so we're, we're going over an hour today. There's just no fans or butts about it, but yeah, bobsledding, you live in Texas. How, 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 uh, makes sense, right? A hundred percent. Like, uh, like you may as well be from Jamaica at this point. Right. So, so where did that, uh, whatever, how'd you fall into that for lack of a yeah. better term? Well, so, so once, you know, once I got back on the job, which took about, <laughs> skip that story. we did skip that <laughs> we, a little we, bit. We skipped that, that jump. You did get back to the job. Sorry about that. Wait, wait, okay, wait, before we do, because now I'm remembering something. Were, are you the first amputee firefighter? No. Okay, because no, I know I someone else who is, who's very local yeah. to me, but I think you were before her. But Yeah. No, no there's there's a half a dozen or so, and, and okay. they, I get messages all the, not all the time, but I get messages where, hey, there's another one. He's an amputee trying to get back on the job. So I message them, and we communicate, and we talk about it. And so, I believe there's yeah, two for, in New Jersey. There's a female yeah. and a male. A female volunteer right. and a male career firefighter, I believe. Very cool. Very cool. Sorry, I have yeah, to make everything uh, about New Jersey in my life. Sorry, it's just what we do here. <laughs> so you no, got what, how did that go? Yeah, let's get let's yeah, do it first. Right. So yeah, you know, that's where the whole adapt and overcome came from because once I got my prosthetic leg and I taught myself how to walk again, which is a whole other episode in and of itself. <laughs> uh 
but I learned how to walk again. Uh, then I then I had to figure out how to run and trust my leg and climb ladders and do all this stuff. Uh, unbelievable. But, you know, the day did come where I put on my bunker gear and started training. It was like, can I actually do this job? And I, my chief was super supportive. You know, of course, all the guys at work were super supportive and they're like, training with me and helping me and doing whatever they can with me uh, to get me to get me back on the job. I think that there's a part of everyone's mind was like, he's probably, you know, not going to get back to full duty. But if anyone was going to do it, it would be Gary type deal, uh, just because of, you know, who I am and what I do. And I was going to give it my best shot. And they were super supportive uh, throughout the whole process. And uh, very blessed and grateful to say that 10 months and six days, uh, but who's counting, right? <laughs> 10 months and uh, six days following my leg amputation, I was back on the fire truck, full duty, you know, no restrictions. And uh, there was a lot of blood, sweat and tears that, that went into that. Um, it was a long 10 months, but of course it was a fast 10 months. And uh, once I got back on the job, it was like, I was excited. And you would think that I would be done. Like I, I accomplished what I set out to do. And just I need to sit back and chill now. Well, that lit a fire and I thought, okay, how else can I challenge myself? I need to compete, you know, athletically or whatnot. How, how, how do I compete against other people, you know, like me now? And so I, I went to a track and field competition for amputees and I did, I did pretty well there. And then they had a sitting volleyball uh, clinic going on. And so I'd never, I, I played volleyball growing up, but I'd never sat down and played. And so I was like, hey, I'll try it, you know, see how it goes. And turns out like the USA coaches were there. And so they kind of invited me back to a camp and, uh, you know, I started, started playing with them a little bit. And that led to uh, beach para volleyball. And I've been to Alabama and Florida with USA and stuff. And uh, one of my teammates was on the, the bobsled skeleton team and, and said, hey, you need to come up to New York and try this, this para bobsled or the para skeleton. And I was like, what is that? I don't even know what that is. And, uh, you know, you know, I guess the rest is history because I thought, whatever, if you, if you think I'll be good at it, I'm, I'm up for a challenge. I'm up to compete. You know, what do I got to do? And I uh, jumped on a plane, went to Lake Placid at the Olympic bobsled track and uh, started started training and, and practicing. And uh, turns out I'm halfway decent at it. And uh, you so, know, so did you do skeleton? Because skeleton is a whole level of craziness that I can't even. Right. Find. Did you do yeah. it? Right. So so I have tried skeleton, um, but bobsled is is uh trying to make its way into the paralympics gotcha. so i'm kind of focused on that uh skeleton is is crazy scary your chin is literally you know yeah, i'm a hundred percent all limbs everything i'm out totally yeah out. <laughs> you're doing 90 with a helmet but you're on your belly face force you know it's it's crazy it's crazy but it's it's exciting it's an adrenaline rush you know uh, I think I'm good, man. I'm yeah, right? I, I mean, am not into that kind of adrenaline. <laughs> right. The the bobsled itself, I mean, it's it's wild. It's loud and violent uh, and scary, but it's exciting. And you're in this uh, sled, and for us, you know, it's it's um it's called a monobob, and so it's single. Uh, you know, there's a with the 
able body Olympics, they have a four man and a two man, okay. uh, but with the para, it's a single one man. Okay. So I push it, I jump in it, I steer it, I do it all myself. And uh, see, I was going back to my cool runnings knowledge. I was going to be like, are you the brake man? Or are you the driver? Are you the pusher? Right? But you have to do it all. Right. I actually met Chris Stokes. <laughs> who was on the original Jamaican bobsled cool running team, not the actor, the man. I met him. It was so cool. He's now Life the president changing moment right there. Jamaican international bobsled thing. But anyway, uh, it, you have now elevated to my like coolest guest ever because you met someone <laughs> on the Jamaican bobsled team. Sorry. It's oh, just, it just has to happen that way. But that's right. so awesome too. And just your, just your attitude about this whole thing. Right, taking that negative, turn it into a positive, and just keep looking for that next challenge. That next challenge, uh, I, I love it so much. Um, yeah, man, it's, it's, it really is a decision. It's, it's, yeah, so I, I, I like what's the, the results from it. So I'm going to try and keep it going as, as much as I can. The uh, so with know. that too, and that infectiousness, I'm going to bring my co-host upstairs here because you didn't stop yet. You've decided to write children's books and become an author as well which is not yeah, the easiest of tasks. Right. Yeah. So, you know, once I got back on the job, uh, I made the news, of course, got on TV a little bit. And so teachers started reaching out to me saying, hey, will you come to my classroom and talk to my kids about overcoming adversity? And, and that, you know, I was like, absolutely. You know, that's, that's kind of why I'm doing what I'm doing. You know, the whole adapt and overcome everything I do with fight and fire. I had to change everything that I did. I just had to do it differently, but I could still do it. And so that's what I wanted to, to show these kids. And I went to these classrooms and, and talked about overcoming challenges and just thinking differently and getting your mind right. And I, I was going kind of classroom to classroom, but I thought, man, this, this message needs to get out to the world. How can I, how can I do that? And then it just kind of hit me one day, I need to write a children's book. And uh, that's, that's kind of started it. And it turned into uh turned into a whole series. Hey, what's up, buddy? Hello. There you go, what's your name? Microphone. Hello. Hey, I can hear you. What's your name? My name is Dex and it's very nice to meet you. And I just want to say, I watched some videos of you on YouTube and I just have to say you must inspire a lot of people around the world, even people who don't have disabilities or prosthetic limbs. And I just got to say it is an honor to meet such a heroic person. Well, thank you. It's nice to meet you, too. I, I hope I can uh, encourage you to, to do whatever you want to do in life, buddy. Just literally set, set the goal as high as you possibly can and, and just go after it. You, you can achieve anything you put your mind to. Thank you. Yeah, because that was awesome, man. I'm so happy you joined me here. You came in like perfectly because Mr. Gary was just talking about speaking to kids in classes and what got him to want to write a book. Would it be kind of cool to have him come to your class and talk? Yes, that would be amazing. <laughs> His story hey, is I'd pretty cool, you. right? Did you like watching him on Ninja Warrior? Yes, it was very cool. Right? It's so cool to see him do all those obstacles. I, I wish we could do that. One day we're going to have to go do that. What do you think? That would be the best experience of my life. <laughs> oh, boy. Now we're going to be joining a ninja gym here soon yeah. on top of lacrosse, uh, <laughs> school of rock, regular school, rollerblading. Yeah. You know, he also rides a bobsled, which is pretty cool too, huh? Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so, Dex, I'm just going to mute you here for a second so we don't hear you. Okay. But so, so, and again, that was the perfect parlay into what you have going on with, with kids and, and motivation and the books, right? Yeah, man. Uh, it's, 
it's wild, you know, it's, it's what, uh, I wouldn't have said this, um, uh, when I'm lying in that hospital bed with one leg, looking up at my kids, uh, but this has been a gift, you know, it's the, the, it's the gift of life. You know, there's many times during that surgery that, you know, I, I could have died and I didn't. And so I am here for a purpose. I have a reason to live and I, I don't want to waste a single second. And I want to, I want to share with other people this, this gift of life and let them know that we are here for a reason. Everyone has a purpose and uh, you just have to find that and, and just take that, that passion uh, and power that is inside of you and fulfill that purpose in life uh, and, and that, that magnify that calling that, that you have. We all have this, this purpose, this reason, and uh, that, that's, that's what I'm doing. And, and uh, I hope that's what I'm doing. Uh, and, you're and, you're uh, doing it. No one can deny that you're, you're not doing that. And I think too, you know, we didn't even mention this one before, but your medical team, you know, that, that those folks must be like over the moon with you at this they point. They are. They're pretty excited. They, they, they follow me a little bit uh, on social media. <laughs> just, just, a li- just a little bit on social media. I'm sure some of them were in that room with you pumping them up, watching you on that screen. Yeah. Yeah. And that, you know, and there were some others that, you know, told me I probably need to find a different job, to be honest. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the, that's the reality of the situation. And, and so I, I basically let them know that this is my only job. <laughs> so uh, we're going to see what happens. Uh, but yeah, everyone, everyone is, uh, is really excited to see kind of what I'm doing, you know, with this and where it's going and where it's leading. And, and hopefully I can just continue to, to lift and encourage other people to overcome obstacles and, and challenges in their life. Do I want to ask what's next? Like, should I even ask what's next? Like, what's on the horizon here? Hang on tight, man. Hang on tight. I've been getting fielding some calls, and it's there's some things coming up that's going to be really cool. Um, you know, my 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 brand, my AO. I I would love for it to take off and literally compete with some of the big brand names. Uh, you know, because of the mental side of things. Um, I've got. Some other books that I'm looking at, I've started a comic book series uh, about the fearless fan man. Um, and so fan man is an acronym. F stands for firefighter, A, amputee, N, ninja. And oh, so. boy, how about that? Dex? Yeah. Let me unmute you, Dex. How about that one, Declan? That sounds pretty cool. All right. I feel <laughs> like, I feel like uh, Marvel should pick that up. What do you think, Dex? We get them in? Yeah, that would be pretty cool. No, they just. Marvel just sees that, and then they're like, w- "We should work with this. We should make this into something." There you go. You I like it. First, from a from a true Marvel fan. So right I like there. it. I'm excited. Like what it. else we got? So we got Fan Man coming out, the comic book, some more books. I want to read it. <laughs> it's it's going pretty good so far. I think it's it's pretty interesting, and uh, I'm gonna deal with some concepts, some mental stuff, and uh, some physical stuff, and it's. It's gonna be it's gonna be fun. I hope that that kids kids enjoy it and uh, get something out of it and and see that it's a it's based on a real person, you know. And I think that's the biggest thing with these books is that uh, it's not make believe, you know. It's 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 tied to a real person who's gone through some real adversity, and they can say, okay, if he can do what he's doing, I can absolutely get through uh, whatever challenge that I'm facing. Um, 
But there are some other cool things coming that I got to kind of keep close to the chest. Too, I, got, oh, I know how that goes. There's uh -huh. secrets. Gary has secrets. Pip has yeah. secrets. Right? But, well, you know, it's, I have secrets. <laughs> easy. <laughs> it, is, it is all good. It is all good. So that is awesome to, to be in the position I'm in. So before we get to the size up 10, because maybe nobody wants to listen to the, these questions that I ask people, but tell the folks where they can find you because you have loads of links, which I'll have all in the show notes as well, but let them know the best ways to, to get in touch with you. Yeah, sure. So all my social media, Facebook, uh, Gary Wyland, Instagram is Gary underscore Wyland, LinkedIn, just Gary Wyland, um, GaryWyland.com. And then any of my apparel is um, adapt and overcome apparel com and um it is pretty dope look, apparel their shirts with no sleeves which i have in my cart i just didn't put the order in yet because i saw when they shipped and i'm like well it's not going to be here in time to wear it for the show so i'm just going to yeah. get it ordered afterwards very um, good kids apparel too which is very important to have for you and your fan base there yeah yeah it's it's exciting there's been a lot of people that have that have reached out and and they are kind of jumping on board with this i'm just trying to build a, a community and uh I've actually just kind of started a new website called adaptandovercomestories.com and it's going to be where people can go and read stories of other people all around the world who've overcome challenges and they'll have an opportunity to submit their own story and just I want to just build this community of 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 mental strength and hope and grit and how we are all in this thing together and we can we can literally make the impossible possible. I, I truly believe that. Brother, th th this has been such a pleasure, this this hour of your life you've given me, because I know how busy you are right now with everything you have going on. And it I took so much more from it than I really thought I was. I knew I was going to come in and, and, and get some, some knowledge bombs from you and some inspiration, but you've just provided me with so much more. And I just hope that you can keep me as a part of your story and let me help you keep moving this ball forward because it's just, I'm in, it's infectious. Right? It is. And I, I appreciate it, brother. I appreciate it. I'll definitely keep you in the loop of, of everything going on. And uh, I'm, I'm grateful you had me on, had me on the show. Nah, it's been great. So let's, let's hit them up. So the size of 10 is, is 10 questions that I ask every guest now. Uh, some are one word answers. Some are a few word answers. We try to do it rapid fire. It has not worked yet because sometimes it's just, it is what it is. And I'm not, yeah. I'm not holding to that. That was the plan, but there is no plan. So here we go. Let's hit them. Beach or mountains? Beach. Beach. Night out or night in? Night in. A good book or a good movie? A good book. Nice. Cross-country road trip. Who's going to be your co-pilot? Uh, my son. Oh, which which son? <laughs> There's a couple sons, right? It's, let's, let's be specific. Yeah, my youngest. Because... Oh, I think we're the most alike. So. <laughs> Say, go with safety. Safe answer right there. Do you make your own bed every day? No. Oh, <laughs> I know a really famous guy in your world that would be like, Oh, oh I do too. <laughs> I do too. That could be a good head-to-head -head battle for you if we can get him to, to battle you on that. Right. I, I got too much going on. <laughs> He's sleep in it again anyway. All right, a million dollars right now or go back to 18 with a redo? Oh, man. Uh, I wouldn't change a thing. Give me that million bucks. Nice. All right, I'll have Jeremy from National Fire Radio wire you that right now because that's what he's Perfect. doing. Uh, <laughs> highways or back roads? Uh, 
highways. Oh, the easy way. See, I would not have guessed that about you. I, I would think the back roads. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's just that's just who I am. So, Life in the fast lane, baby. You could say it. There's nothing wrong with it. I was just thinking. Yeah, like, I like to get to where I'm going. Like, I don't <laughs> like to waste time. <laughs> and things in Texas are so far apart. Maybe I know. I, like I, a, I enjoy a life. I do. But, man, I, let's let's go. Let's get to let, We're on a purpose here. Let's get to where we're going. I love it, man. Your bucket list place to visit. Greece. Nice. Oh, it's on my list too as well. Someday. Football or football? All right. Uh, football. No worries. You're from Texas. I understand. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Last one. Best advice you could give to your younger self? Oh, man. <laughs> Right, you're the, the guy. Uh, you, should, you should have this one ready. I was like a rapid fire. You had a, an answer in the can for this. But. I did. The thing is, like, I've always lived my life. Like, I've always lived a faith-based life, and so the best advice, um, just be stronger. I don't know. Listen, there's nothing wrong with that either. Don't I'm not looking for like some, you know, we're going to make a t-shirt a out of this, but be yeah. stronger alone, right? Because you can be stronger physically. You could be stronger mentally. You could be stronger in your faith, stronger in your marriage, stronger as a parent, right? All those things are good. Yeah. And we all need to do them better. So, yeah. So cool. listen, man, I do thank you for joining me on this episode of the size up Declan. I'm going to unmute you here. I want to thank you, Declan, for, for coming in here as my co-host. To be honest, I would have to thank you for letting me come here. <laughs> best, my buddy. This has been amazing. You're the best, my buddy. Thank you. And again, I want to thank my great guest, Gary Weiland. You can find him just just search Ninja Warrior and he comes up. Like there's no no doubt about it. Adapt and overcome. You know, Gary, I'm so excited to see that semifinal run. I know Declan is, my other son Finn is. We're all going to be cheering you on here in New Jersey. You sure. just keep doing what you do, man, and keep that positive message going. And yes, for the sir. size up by National Fire Radio, this has been Pip, and we'll catch you next time. Thank you. National Fire Radio.